0: Yeah, I just, the, the discipleship classes, um, I've been blessed by all, everybody that's been coming to share, and Patty's done a great job, and so she's coming to share today on the evangelism and calling, and so it's really, that's it's um, the last class, but I don't think it's the last class, you know what I mean? I've, I've already been talking to Richard. I suggested the next level. And he just, oh, yeah. That, he says, I think that should be all by itself. Okay, okay. But I had another level, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, he's ministering those at a church down there in Tulsa right now. He started um, the Monday I was there uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so so he said that they were they were going really good, too, down there. Anyway, so we'll have... Um, yes Patty will have Patty come and share with us right now And um, Just get your receivers out there Amen, Amen. Good morning everybody Good
1: morning, good morning. And, uh, What I might need for today With the Lord so we've got it all <laughs> um, I was looking over No I'm good Thank you though Thanks. Well let's pray first Father, we thank you so much for always taking care of us, for teaching us, never giving up on us, and always guiding us into the next things you have for us. We know you have plans for us to prosper us, not harm us, to give us hope and a future. So I turn this over to you, Lord, for all of us, including me, to learn what you have for us today. And thank you for being so good. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Evangelism, calling, kind of a passion for me. I really like this is something that I really enjoy sharing the gospel with people when god puts on my heart to do that Um, places will go or even in my where i work you know so i really enjoy this but i was praying about what to say because i don't know and sometimes you're when you really love a subject you're like well lord if i could just take a little chip and and put it somewhere and let them just download all this amazing life i've had with you and how this is really um, evangelism. Isn't something you just learn how to do like you'd go to a, a workshop for your job to try to learn how to do some part in the, you know, at the factory or, you know, or in a class you take so you can do a better job. It's evangelism really is like an overflow of your love for God because you start to get the heart of God inside of you when you start following him more and falling more in love with him, start spending more time with him and, and singing to him and just flowing in a day with him. Like sometimes I'll, I'm sure you do this too, but sometimes I'll just find myself, I'm singing a song under my breath and then I'm like, wow, I'm singing a song, you know, I'm worshiping, um, or just praying in the spirit. It'll start coming out and you don't even realize you're doing it. It's just like, it's just a flow with God. It's just a movement all day long with him. And Dutch sheets is someone I like to read. Um, I like his love with for God, and he's had a lot of really good books out there. They're not long ones; they're short ones. And one of them I have in my bag because I've been reading it, and it's called "The Pleasure of His Company," um, and then it he talks about just lingering with God. He uses that word, and I'm like, "Oh, I like that." You know, just you're just constantly lingering with Him throughout the day, you know, and by doing that evangelism just is an outflow from that. You know, you're sensing His presence. You, I don't know, sometimes I'm taking care of somebody in the office, and I'll just feel His love for them, you know. And so I'll just share whatever comes on my heart. And I think all that comes with time of getting to know God and know how He talks so you can hear Him. You know, if He says something to me, I try to stay engaged with Him. Even if I'm in a room with people or, you know, with my patient and I'm talking to him, I can still... Be engaged with God. And uh, I realized my my purpose on earth now is just to do that. It's just to stay in a place with him because he has a destiny um, for my life. Um, And it's not like it's right here. It's like it's here and it's here and it's here. And, And Richard, he put together to this message for us for today. And when I read it, I'm like, this is it. I mean, this is all. This is the answer right here. It's I can't, I can't add to it too much except for maybe some testimonies and, you know, what I've been reading too. But it's beautifully done. I mean, after the resurrection, the Great Commission. You want to follow a little with me? Jesus charged the church with the Great Commission, the mission of the church until Jesus returns. And within this message every, mission, every person plays a unique part. But the end goal is that all parts work together to accomplish the mission and again, what was Jesus' mission, but to love the Father and to show us who He is. And that's really, our part is to get to know Him more and then reveal it to others in the way God shows us to. I mean, every person's unique. There's some days I feel like I say similar things to each person I come in contact with, but then most of the time, really, I'm uniquely different. I mean, like when Joe and I were at the grocery store last night, the girl at the Um, checking us out. She just never looked up. She was just doing her work. And I just felt such a, 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 I don't know, a heart cry for her thinking, Jesus, does she know you? I mean, I want, I I don't know, you just kind of just want people to enjoy their life, you know. I mean, that's why he came. He came to give us a life full and abundant. We don't even know what that means. But the thing with God is we can't figure it out this way. And the world does that all the time. You know, when you're in high school, you're thinking about, what classes do I want to take? Four years you're trying to figure out in one year. you know. But God doesn't work like that. He works moment by moment. He steps things off for us. He wants us to enjoy right now and not worry about all kinds of things, finances or where you're going to school or anything. He wants us to, I mean, he says all the time in the Bible, over 300 times, don't be afraid. And so A lot of times he'll bring this up into me. Don't be afraid, you know. I mean, and it doesn't have to mean afraid, but it can mean like like you're worried about what time you're getting ready for work or I'm going to be late or what are they going to... You know, don't be afraid. Just stop. He's with you and he's the God of the universe. He's He moves on people's hearts. He gives He gives you favor with people that maybe in the world in the natural wouldn't like you, but they don't know why they're being nice to you. I mean... He gives you favor. He's he loves on you, and he wants you to love on him, and he doesn't want you to focus on the stuff because that's his job. So you just stop and go, Lord. If I'm if I'm late, just give me favor to get to work on time. Or I mean, he just, He's just so good like that. And so uh, Matthew twenty-eight: All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus said baptize them in the name of father son holy spirit teach them to observe all i've commanded you and behold i'm with you always to the end of the age when you read these things don't look at them as rules or he's telling you what to do but look at them as love outpouring love because he's really wanting to do beautiful things with our life and other people's lives so he's trying to help us be blessed and other people be blessed and find him so that's the reason for the great commission he has plans he wants people to know him. He wants everybody to know him. And he wants everyone to live the life he has planned for them. And, you know, um, one of the things that I think about a lot and since I've been getting closer to him and just spending more time with him is I can't figure out what my perfect life would be. You know, I, I, even if I had dreamed it, I know that he would. he's always in my ear saying, Bigger, you know, better, more. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know how. So I've stopped. I've gotten to a place in my walk with the Lord where I've stopped. And I've said, thank you. I thank you. I, I'm grateful to you. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for my job. Thank you for et-. I mean, just I'm constantly seeing the grateful, the things that he's done for me. And everything else I say, I don't know what it's supposed to look like, but I know it's better than I can imagine because you're so good. And I think that's why reading the Word is so significant because as you read it, it keeps getting so ingrained in you that when you start thinking about something immediately in your own mind, you'll think of what the Word's saying. And it'll be like, no, I can do better, bigger and better um, beyond and abundantly above all you could ask, think, hope, dream, or imagine. And I want to know what that is. I mean, I already got saved. That's the best thing that could ever happen. You know, Um, Joe was saying the other day, someone was talking about if you could do life over, would you do it? Would you start in high school over and start over? And I liked high school. I didn't have any real issues there. I had friends. I I was involved in a lot of things. I had a lot of fun. College was fun. Medical school was fun. If I had to do it over, yeah, I'd do it because it was fun. I really did like it. But I was telling the Lord as I was thinking about that, um, but you weren't with me then because... I didn't know you in high school or college or medical school. So would I do it again if you'd do it with me? (laughs) I'd like to know what my life would look like if I would have had him to talk to even the whole time, you know. I mean, I talked toward him, and I went to a church, but I didn't know I didn't have him. I didn't know how to have him. And I think that's why evangelism has been so significant in my life is because... What would my life have been like if I'd have known him in high school and followed him? Like, I love him now. So it makes me passionate to listen and say, Lord, what do I say to that person? How, you know, because you already know um, who's sewed into them. Like, you already know where they're at. You know, who's talked to them, a grandparent, a friend, you know, or anybody. And I try to listen to hear, what do you. how do you want me to love that person, you know? And, um... In my job, he mainly has told me this um, meet a need. I think I said this at one other time meet a need and then sow the seed. So, as I'm taking care of the patient, whatever, you know, I'm listening. And if I'm capable of getting it for them or doing something for them, I do it. And I do it out of love and gratitude because I love what I do, but I love these patients. I mean, they've done everything for us. I'm constantly aware that they have been everywhere for us. No matter if they, and some of them say, well, I didn't go anywhere. I say, yes, you did. You signed a piece of paper, and it said, here's my life, United States of America. Wherever you want to take me, whatever you want to do with me, however you want me to live for this period of time, I belong to you, and I serve you. So I don't care if they were just, at, you know, across the street or if they were across the other side of the world. anytime time something could happen, and they're there us. And so that's always in the forefront of my mind. And I thank God for that, because I think that's really how we should look at what Jesus did. You know, I mean, he put his life on the line for us. And what did he tell us to do? Well, go and tell everyone about it. And so how he has me do it at work is I just love them. I love them. I honor them. I, 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 I do what I need to for them. And then if he shows me an opportunity, I start sharing him. You know there's been some great experiences of sharing him, and I had one one guy he's grandma knew the Lord, so he thought he was secure. my grandma knows the Lord, you know my grandma knew the lord and and I'd say, but you need to know the Lord, you know you need to too, and you know that's okay, but he didn't he was never rude to me, and he was never he never denied that it was powerful because his grandma he loved her so much, but then there was a day he came in when he had he got a diagnosis and he said, Um, I s- he came and he started to share it with me and I go, I'm gonna pray with you. And he goes, I was counting on that. And then I prayed with him, and then I said, Now it's time to do what your grandma did and what I did. It's time for you to do that. And he goes, I know. And so we prayed together and we cried together. And I after that I walked away and I said, Lord, you're right. It's all your time in how things are done. Because I used to, you can ask Joe, I used to push. I mean, everybody's getting a card, everybody's getting this, and everybody's going to be saying it before I leave. And so I even remember one guy saying to me once years ago, are you happy now? I said it, I'm getting out of here. (laughs) I said, wait a minute, that didn't work like I thought. He was doing that for me because I wouldn't leave him alone. But so anyway, so I've learned a lot about this. This is a this is an overflow of his love, uh, and even though we are passionate about it, he does have a way he does it with everyone uniquely. It's not always the same. So um, I had watched a series. John Bevere did a series. I think it was 11 weeks too, and it was called Driven by Eternity, and it just made you so passionate for the. Lost and how much time? Who who knows how much time anyone has, except the Lord. And so this series, it was a Bible study, and then it had videos with it, and we did it. And I would cry. I mean, I would I would just cry. And I think about my relatives before me. I don't know if they knew you. What? Where are they? You know. And so I think things like that. God put those things on my heart because He knew that I would have a passion for this subject. and so, but it is, it's something that we're, like, like Richard's written here, not everyone's called to be an evangelist. And I kind of was asking the Lord about that too. You know, you have that we're, it's one of the fivefold ministries, an evangelist, but yet I know everyone's supposed to share, you know, your faith with the people to get them to want, uh, desire to know the Lord too, to sow seeds. But I think of evangelist people like Billy Graham and um, um Mario Marillo, people like that, that are just put to the forefront to be able to share to the masses, and I presume that that's really kind of like that Bible ministry. That's what they're about. Um, but you know, one on one, three in the room, five. If you're talking to a group, a Bible study, or I mean, you just share. Just whatever it puts on your heart to share. You know, that's really all that is. It's just an overflow of His love, um, and I love that. Richard when he's talking about evangelism then he goes right into calling because really part of our calling is to share the gospel but it's in whatever capacity he has us in you know for for me right now it's in it's in my job and and for other people it's in you know in a church or you know a pr- as a pastor or you know a worship leader or s- somewhere you're sowing when you're doing all this you're sowing because those things come to people, you know, when they're starting to have a yearning, they start remembering things they were told. Or in a Sunday school class, you know, I remember um, after I got saved, I remember a Sunday school class I had in a non-born-again church as a little girl. They were talking about the Passover. Uh, No, not the Passover, the Pentecost. And she was putting little tongues on a flannel board above their heads. Now, that woman didn't know what that was, because she wasn't born again or saved, but neither was I, but since I've been saved, it's like all of those things downplay back again, and I'm, and I'm seeing them going, oh, that's what that was, and I was learning it as a little kid. So um, what Richard says here is that the formula for knowing your calling is spending time with Holy Spirit, and that is so true. Fellowshipping with Him unfolds the plans of God for your life. It's not the other way where we figure it out, you know. It's walking with Him. Every moment unfolds things. That's the exciting thing. Yeah. You're walking with Him moment by moment. All of a sudden, you're getting a yearning to do something. Well, you, that doesn't mean, okay, I got it. Now I'll go do it. it. It means just let Him keep playing out your movie, so to speak, of your, in your spirit of, this is where He's driving me. Because when He starts doing that, He'll open doors for you to see uh, wow, where am I? Now I'm in the middle of this thing. But remember, and that's where I think sometimes it can get really overly exciting for people is once they see that doors are starting to open, they think, I got this. No, do continue to walk with him moment by moment by moment through every part of it and watch what he does. And you get to be the one doing it. It's hard to explain this, but, he, but he's actually doing it through you and you're watching him do something with you and you're saying, this is my life this is amazing what I'm doing with my life but it's moment by moment spending time with him and that's why this book I think was really good for me to has been good for me to be reading because in it he says Dutch sheet says align your will with God's will doing what God has asked you to do It's when we completely surrender to his authority and base our decisions and our actions on his word you'll never, Really find yourself until you find him. I love that, and I'm not even done with this book. I think I'm going to read it again. And three, I have I'm three fourths of the way through, and I've just been like, this book is just right up my alley right now. Um, but I was, did I tell you guys of that story when Joe and I were in New York, and I woke up with a dream of a shirt? Did I tell that one? I was thinking I might have told it, but I. Uh, sometimes he and I will go to New York City. I love doing that, just walking around the streets. It's been a long time. But um, he grew up 45 minutes from New York City as a kid. So they'd get on the bus subway, subway, and they'd go to um, a Yankees game or something like that as a kid. I mean, you know, I think about that. I'm a farm kid. I'm totally different. But I, I, it was so fun to go with him somewhere that he grew up. And so we'd walk around the streets. But after I got saved, oh, you can ask him. I was just like, oh, gosh, the world, everything's so different. It's like I put glasses on. I didn't even know. I couldn't see that well. It's just amazing to have God. But one morning, we decided to stay in a hotel there this one weekend just to hang around there. And um, I woke up early that morning, and I saw myself with a shirt on. And that he and I were walking around the street, walking around the streets. He's holding my hand, and I'm walking with him. And I have this shirt on. And it says, um, ask Jesus into your, and it's got a heart, just a shape of a heart. And I thought, Lord, do you want me to wear a shirt like that today? And I saw us walking around New York city. And I, when I woke up, I told him, I said, Hey, I think I'm supposed to get a shirt. And he was so gracious about my first walk, even still today about my walk with the Lord. He's like, okay. You know, and I said, um but I don't know where I'm going to get this shirt or how this is going to play out, but I think I'm supposed to wear a shirt that says, ask you into your heart, you know? And so we'd be walking around for that day and all over, we walked all over. And um, it was summertime, maybe August or something. And in the summertime, they have street fairs on the streets where they'll block one to two city blocks and people can just set up, tables and put on it their their wares you know like scarves or necklaces things they make if they want to sell them or sweet potato pie and he'd always oh you gotta get a pie that's really good and uh, he showed me kind of where he grew up it was fun but so anyway in the street fair we've done it many times we walked in the street fair all of a sudden there is a little uh, table like all the others but it's got a silk screening. Um, machine sitting on the table, like a little mini one. And I'm like, oh no, this has never been here before. And it was a table that was making shirts. And I was like, this is unreal. They were making shirts. And I said, I went up to them, and and their name was something funny too, like Goliath or some kind of like biblical thing. And I said, that's not, that's not evangelism. I said, I gotta work, they gotta know what this is all about. (laughs) Because, It wasn't it was a god statement but it was they weren't they weren't you know professing anything. But anyway, um, so I went up to them and I said, "Hey, you guys, will you make me a shirt? It's supposed to be black and it writes, "Ask Jesus Into Your" and then a heart, a red heart." And so they did it. They made this shirt for me. This is the one. This is exactly what I saw myself wearing. And so then we went back to the hotel. I put this shirt on, and Joe and I walked all over the city. I I think we walked. We were in Times Square. We went to the Central Park. We went down Fifth Avenue. We were everywhere. We walked a a lot of miles. I don't know. What do you think we saw like how many people? 750,000 people probably saw the shirt that day. I was so excited. And I was like, "Lord, we've ev- we've evangelized New York City today." This is so amazing. You know, I'd have people look at my shirt, you know, and I was holding his hand and so I'm like, "No one's going to beat me up because <laughs> I mean, you know, I was walking behind him. I saw myself doing that. And uh one guy even said to me, he saw my shirt and he goes he goes, "Ask Jesus" to your love and I went yeah I guess that's true too ask Jesus into your love but I'm thinking heart you know but love too yeah ask him to be the love of your life you know whatever the Lord did we did and so it was kind of fun it was a really fun day I love those kind of things but see I think everyone's wired differently that doesn't make me uncomfortable or embarrassed because I just I don't know I just love doing stuff like that. And he's pretty much, whatever, let's do whatever. He's easy to work with on that end. So that's kind of, I mean, sky's the limit with God. He's going to show you what to do, and he's going to talk to you. And um, I don't know. I just love him so much. Really, this the whole thing is just about getting to know him better, falling in love with him, letting him do what he wants with you, and trust in him. And I think he says don't be afraid so much in the Bible because... Those are the things that kind of stop us sometimes. We start to try to play in our mind what that might look like. Maybe I'll be embarrassed, or maybe someone will beat me up, <laughs> or maybe something will happen. Uh, but that's when immediately the Lord's been kind of going, remember what I said, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Because on the other side of that, something really amazing sometimes happens. Like somebody yeah, stops and says, uh, I remember I stopped a group of kids, and I just started sharing the Gospels in the parking lot. And one started laughing, of course, that, you know, I probably would have laughed too when I was in high school. I laughed at everything. I don't know. But anyway, you know, but I started sharing. I couldn't stop because I just felt like God was going, keep pressing, keep talking. And all of a sudden, by the back of the, they were putting stuff in the trunk of the car. One kid was saying, all of a sudden, one kid said to the other kid, you know what she's saying is right. This is what I've been sharing with you. You know, so it was like there were five kids And I was really, after I stepped out and didn't stay afraid, I stepped out further into it, I realized I was talking to this one kid of the five. One knew the Lord and was trying to share with the other kid and trying to help him. The other kids were not, you know, into it at that time at least, but they were getting a seed because I was sowing. You know, they were hearing, they were laughing, but I pushed off that thought because I thought I'm not going to let that stop salvation for somebody. If they laugh or they, you know... Or they think I'm, you know, it's embarrassing. I'm still going to do it because, and that pushed me even further when I saw that kid's head was down and the other kid. You should have seen the other kid. He, you could tell he's been praying for his friend. He was just like, you know, what she's saying is right. It's what we've been talking about. And I just walked away from that, going, oh, that was so exciting. You know, it's like you part, you played a part in sewing, and we don't know what the garden looks like. I know. People kept sewing to me, though, and that kind of drives me, too, when I think about people cared enough to sew into my life, and that could have been scary for them, too. But they did it, and I'm saved. On the other side of it, I sent a letter to the guy who, shaken in his boots, he turned around and came back to me and said, oh, can I ask you a question? Uh, if you died today, do you know where you'd go? I know now on the other side he was shaken in his boots, but, I, but he did it, and I got saved there. And I wrote him a letter, and I said, you are so awesome to do that for me. And I sent it to him. I've never seen him since the day he he sent this, uh, prayed with me. But those are the things that kind of drive me. I think about those things uh, to keep you moving in that direction. If he just says, just share that, or "Ah, they're struggling to find some money at the Walmart in front of you, just, just pay for that, you know, or they walk away and you pay. They didn't buy it. You just pay for it and go give it to them. You know, just little stuff like that. You don't really know what that means. Sometimes you give it to them, they cry. Or, you know, other times nothing happens. But it's okay because all that really matters is that we're obeying. In fact, that's what I think. Where was it? I think Richard wrote it. i got to see if I can find it. Okay, I think it's Mark 16, up in the first couple paragraphs at the beginning. It says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. When he talks about believe, he talks about obey, because believe is not just like here, like you believe in something, but believing is actually something you you do it's trusting it's obeying and trusting it's actually a it's actually an action thing it's not just a mental thing it's like you obey him and if you'd miss it you just repent because you know if i if i sometimes during the day i'll go home and i'll go i think i missed some things lord that you are trying to do with me i got kind of caught up or i got afraid or i'm i got embarrassed or or whatever it is so um i'm sorry I repent, send someone to do it, or send me back, or send them back to me. You know, it's over then. You don't carry anything with God. I mean, you don't stop him. He doesn't go, oh, darn, we missed it. Now what am I going to do? He doesn't do that. He's, he's always got the next thing ready to go, you know. He really knows what he's doing. So I, I think that's, yeah. I mean, and if you're part of it, you're blessed. If you're not part of it, you just repent, and you're back on track. Yeah, that's how awesome he is. He just really wants to be our dad. That's first and foremost. So we just spend time with him, we get to know him better that's really his favorite thing is for us to want to just sit with him and linger as Dutch sheet said just linger with him um, and get to know him you know and then it gets it, it's like riding a bike you're just gonna start st- seeing more and more situations where oh yeah, I see where you're I see what you're trying to do here and then you can be used by him um, but I mean we've had some really experiences too like we came up to a gas station one time and this couple was fighting and at the gas pump and i said "Ooh, you know it's not like i judged them because i'm like we were both going oh that that was us that was so embarrassing we've all done it you know and so we remember we went up to them and started talking to them and sharing uh you know this is not this doesn't work trust us this doesn't work to fight, you know, and then we shared a little bit of faith with them. It was kind of fun, and i and they they stopped, you know, and started listening, so hopefully they <laughs> did the same and we said, don't follow our lead. we've been here before, you know, a, whether it's at home or in a public place it's just not doesn't work to fight, you know, so there's always opportunities to and you don't have to be oh, I know everything in the Bible, so I can do this now, yeah. <laughs> He's going to lead you where you are, like the couple fighting in the gas station. We've done that. It wasn't something that we're like, well, how do we help them? I've never fought like this before. No. We fought. So uh, (laughs) we know what to do here. (laughs) So we shared, you know, with them what we know. And that's because God sets divine appointments up. It's, it's, you know, he's not going to set me up somewhere where I don't know what to do. Unless he's trying to stretch me, and he's done that too, but... He's not going to hold me to it you know like in a he's not mean and cruel he just really wants you to say something lovely or whatever he wants you to do he'll he'll lead you but I think that's why Richard and I was hearing this too putting evangelism with calling because it is part of our calling to share the gospel with others and help them find him so they can find their life like you want to find yours and and our life is following him so um I, I love this key point that Richard put in here. Knowing your calling isn't enough because then you're just going on it on yourself, on your own merits. But this is only God can promote you, you know, and stay close to him, and he'll exalt you at the right time and in the right place. Oh, and that's, I'm glad I said that because really as I've been reading this, I've been thinking a lot about patience. And patience is powerful, Because God works in timing. He really does. And if you're just enjoying God and walking with him and enjoying just whatever he's doing with your life and you're really not looking at your life like, it's got to get better, or I got to get out of this situation, or, you know, but you look at it from a place of gratitude. Wherever you're at, live in the present, because that's where he's at with you. Um, Patience is a powerful force, because as you're walking with him, Patience will give you the strength to walk through the tribulation you're in and get on the other side of it and be promoted. Yes. It's amazing. I've, it's, he's done it. I, whenever I freak out about a situation like it's taking too long or I get angry or upset, the enemy is, sets those things up or sometimes it's just our own frustrations. But what I've been learning too is I just lay it down Whatever the tribulation or the circumstance or the frustration, I just stay in gratitude, focused on the Lord, looking at the things about my life that are a blessing, including him, worshiping him, talking to him. That tribulation will pass. And on the other side of it is promotion. It, it is. It's just what happens. And so you step it out. You keep pressing through it. Um, uh, Graham Cook if you've ever heard him, he's got a he's got something called the power of patience. It's only like 20 minutes on YouTube. I've listened to it a thousand times, and I still have to keep listening to it. There's so many nuggets in it about the power of patience. Um, you'll feel like, and this is exactly what the enemy wants to do, you will feel like I'm not in the right place. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing if there's a lot of unrest. But God is pushing you through something. I'll go to the other side. And most of it is learning how to just walk with him moment by moment, learning how to be patient and learning how to go through any adversity. That was, for me, the most liberating thing, was to find that I could actually not let these certain things that used to bother me time and again, and I'd say, oh, it happened again. I got caught up in that, and I am I got angry. I didn't even mean to. I said things I shouldn't have said again. I, I just don't get why I keep getting st- stuck in that situation. And it's spending time with the Lord. Staying in patience with him is oftentimes saying nothing. Like like uh, David, when Ziklag happened, you notice in Ziklag period of time, everything that could go wrong for that man went wrong, including the guys wanted to stone David because they all of their family and all their stuff got robbed when they were fighting in another battle they came back the Amalekites had taken everything including their wives and children and then they were ready to stone David well David understood patience if you read Psalm 37 he said he talks about patience and that if he knows it's a force um, do not fret do not be anxious uh, I should probably pull that up and read it a little bit of it hold on it's in my bag oh Psalm 37 this is David wrote this one Okay, Psalm 37, at least a little bit of it, it says, David wrote this, fret not yourself. And fretting is beginning wrath, anger, just like incensed, you know, and he had so many things going wrong at this particular moment, other times too, which I think we can all relate to if sometimes it feels like everything is going off. He says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers, and neither be envious against the workers of iniquity or the actor, people who act in injustice. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land, and verily you'll be fed. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him. Trust in him, and he'll bring it to pass. Rest in Him. This is my favorite. Rest in Him. Psalm 37.7. Rest, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Don't fret. Don't get angry. Don't get wrathful. Don't fret yourself because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. He's talking about no matter what's going on, just rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Let Him walk you through it. And oftentimes, you, oftentimes you say nothing. You just stand still, and you're just, this is where getting to know him and lingering in his presence really helps because when he's telling me what to say to somebody at the checkout stand is no different than when I'm sitting still and I'm having all kinds of wrath around or unrest around. Stop. Don't say anything. Just listen. Sometimes he'll tell you to say something. Sometimes he just wants to let the atmosphere be in such a way that he can move you through it and get you on the other side. Um, in David's case, when they were going to stone him, he went off and encouraged himself in the Lord. And I tell you, I guarantee you, some of that was, Lord, I don't know what this is about. And if someone's saying something, that's, and you know the word says something different, you just under your breath, uh, there isn't a weapon formed against me that can prosper. Every tongue that's rising against me, I gets condemned. I, I'm going to speak the word under my breath. I'm going to thank him. No, Lord. This isn't you. What's going on isn't you? This isn't you. And if the person's doing something or saying something and you know that's not who they are or they're going to be someone else on the other side because you've been praying for them to get saved or delivered, nope, he's a good man. His steps are ordered by you and the Lord. You delight in his way. Just keep your hand in the Lord's hand through it and just keep pressing through it because on the other side of it is your victory. On the other side of it is the promotion. And in David's case, he did that. And then what ended up happening was, was it an Egyptian slave came up from the Amalekite? He had been left for dead by the Amalekites, who were the ones who fought against, um, against his, and took his. They destroyed and pillaged Ziklag while they were fighting in another battle when David came back. Um, and the, all of a sudden, this Egyptian slave shows up. And tells them everything. Because his Amalekite master had left him for dead because he got sick three days ago, he said. And I had no food or drink for three days. And he came up to David and his group and said, um, yeah, I was, I'm an Amalekite. I was a slave to an Amalekite. He goes, what happened? He goes, well, they conquered this area, this area, this area, Ziklag. They took everything. And David said, will you tell us where they are? And this Egyptian slave said, for two, I'll tell you if if you promise not to do two things. One, don't kill me. And two, don't give me back to that master. He goes, got it. Tell us. And so when he found out what was going on, that Zik, that the Amalekites had done it, see, that's God. He stayed calm. And God brought his answer. And so when he heard the answer, then he went to God then. He didn't say, okay, we got this. Let's go get it. He still, he knew, I'm not going to take matters into my own hands in anything because I want what you have for me. I linger in your presence. So he heard the answer, but he said, God, do we go after it? What do you want us to do? And God said, go and get it. You're getting everything back, and there's nothing that you will miss. Everything you'll have back. And he did. And not only did that happen, then... uh, Someone else, I, I don't, I'd i have to look it up, but someone else came to him not long after that with a crown in his hand. It was King Saul's crown. And brought it to David and said, Lord, and that's when David became the king. Right after that situation, David became got the crown that he'd been told years before by Samuel that he was anointed, that he was going to be the king. It didn't happen right away. It took years. Saul was still in power for a long time. But David stayed patient and he understood the word. He said, I can't attack King Saul because Saul was given that anointed place. It's not like I'm going to take kingship even though I've been told I'm king. Saul's in power. So I'm going to honor God. I'm going to stay where I'm supposed to stay, follow him like I know because I've been, I have I know him. And I'm not going to get rid of Saul even though guys with him said, get rid of Saul. You know you're the king. He's You've already been told that said no that i don't dishonor god anointed him when god says he's done and it's my turn i'll know it and so he stayed with god the whole time and followed god obeyed god and he got promoted and that's what he wants to do with us um uh, but don't just live for the promotion that was something i had a little bit of trouble with too i'm like but the promotion means i'll be glorifying you no you're going to glorify me every day by being in my presence, getting to know me, spending time with me, letting me be your dad and me and you be my daughter, learn how to do that, which is what David needed to be king. He needed to know how to be God's son and have God to be his dad so he could walk that whole life. And that way the whole life is, is blessed because you're enjoying God from day one till the end of the day when it says, Hey, Patty, it's time to come home now. Your, your job, everything's done here. And you. I want to have a great life, and I want to serve him. And so patience is what Richard brought up in this. And I'm like, amazing, because that's really what I was thinking of with this evangelism. I'm like, how do I pull all that in? But God knew. So staying patient, enjoying him, spending time with him, letting him use you how he wants to, trying not to be afraid to let him. Um, because I've seen so many fun things on the other side when I led him. We were on a plane one time, and this girl sat down beside me, and I just got this burden all of a sudden just sitting by her on this plane. I'm like, what's that about? And he said, ask her, um, how did he tell me? Ask her about the matriarch in her family or something like that. Something like that. I didn't for a long time because I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means. I'm just afraid to say that, you know? On the plane, going. Is there another opportunity? Something else I could say? I don't know. And so, as I'm talking to her for a while, I'm like, "Well, just talk to her for a while. That might be a good place to start." And so, as I'm talking to her, then I said something to her like, "The word matriarch keeps coming. Is she going to know what I mean?" I say. I said, "Hey, can you tell me a little about the matriarch in your family?" She goes, "Oh, that's my grandmother." my grandmother she passed away you know she was the matriarch in our family she loved the lord and i mean we went to church with her and everything and that's when i was able to share with her you can know the lord too you know like that and we ended up having a conversation salvation message it was so fun and so it takes those kind of experiences though i think as you're with him to know i don't need to second guess him she totally knew what i was talking about when i said matriarch it was me that was trying to you know get myself all worked up and i thought you know that's satan because if he he knows if if i start doing what the lord tells me to it's going to be great for everybody so then i try to remind myself if i do this then i'll i'll be all those good things i was telling you but the other good thing will be satan won't like it and so there's a song that says Satan lost another one I am saved and so sometimes after I leave the office a room with a patient and I take him to the front and if he's prayed the salvation prayer with me I kind of jump walk down the hall going Satan lost another one and so saved you know I just get so excited so, yes more for the kingdom Satan you lost another one so there's a lot of it's a win-win to serve the Lord and it's a win-win to know him and it's a win-win to let him use you to bring the kingdom, to increase the kingdom. More in the family, more in heaven, and more serving the Lord down here. Especially when you talk to some people, they're just so down, you know, they're so broken or hurt or afraid, and you think, Oh, I don't I don't live there anymore at all. I live here. Fear is not in my vocabulary, and then he just tells you what to say, you know. Don't be afraid, you don't have to be. You know, these are there's so many opportunities to share because people, as you talk to them, will say things to you. You'll know what God's trying to use you to do. And I, let me look here and make sure I covered everything. But I think, I think that's it. Finding your calling and a by, is a byproduct of a healthy walk with the Lord. It says in the assignment: if you're praying and seeking Him with your whole heart, He'll bring you into His purposes for you. And you'll get to know him better. That's even more exciting, too, huh? Okay, I think I'm done. I just pray for us to. And do you have anything you want to do or there's anything on the
0: your heart?
1: to pray? Okay. Okay. Hey, Father, thank you so much for this time and for as we're praying. I mean, as we're talking, just reminding me of some fun things that you've had me do. I. Thank you for being part of every day with us and helping us have an adventure with you every day. and yeah. Help us see it that way and not be afraid and, and just be used where we're at. You want to use us where we're at. And I, I pray over everyone here that you will hear his voice and follow and just enjoy him. Just enjoy him. And I pray over them. I just pray against confusion or frustration. I pray over them. Peace. And I pray over them to hear you clearly and follow you into their destinies, moment by moment, into all that you have for them. I just speak that over them, that they will receive all you have for them and be blessed. And thank you for your mercy for us, Lord, and for all you have planned for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.